Not today, Bubba. Go get him, Bubba. Not today, Bubba. Gordy, Gordy, can I bother you for a second? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, congratulations. You are here. You have made it. You have arrived. This is the Brilliant Dumb Show. Welcome home. Sit back, relax, and enjoy some quality entertainment. I'm Big Game Bob coming to you on your local airwaves. However, you're listening, why ever you're listening, folks, we're just happy you are indeed listening. We've got a very interesting episode today. I wanted to make this a very golf-friendly episode. You know, we have a big golf following out there. I do a lot of golf content. And I said, you know what? Let's get a golfer. Let's talk some golf. Let's talk some on-course etiquette, the good times, the bad times, the good and bad to golf. What better person to do that than Barstool Lurch? This guy is absolutely incredible. I get a kick out of him. He is one of the co-hosts on the Four Play Pod, hosted by Bro Bible. I, I apologize. Hosted by Barstool Sports. Um, and and you know what? These guys are spectacular. They really are. They really do a good job. They're honestly one of the biggest podcasts and shows for golf. He's a character. He's a good guy. We follow each other back and forth on Instagram, and we both agreed we've been dying to get out there together. We have a lot of the same on-course banter, which is something I really like about him. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can make something happen. The ideal goal that we wanted to do was do the four-play pod boys, which is the four of them that they do. They're four co-hosts on the four-play pod. And then against the international carpool, I think it would be some phenomenal content. So we're going to try and get that to happen, but we're going to bring him on the show, talk some golf. I think you folks are really going to enjoy this. And then I really wanted to remind you guys again, I just wanted to talk to you about this Patreon that we've moved to for the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Now, again, we will still be doing one podcast a week. For all of you folks, anybody and everybody will be pumping them out there. But starting next week, if you want more of the content, if you want more exclusive content, you, you know, I get all these messages from people. And I, I thought a lot about doing the Patreon app. And, and, you know, me and Bro Bible spoke about it. I talked a little bit about it on the show last week. And what excited me, I was hesitant on some things, but here's what really excited me. I get a lot of messages and I've even seen people out in public and there's some people who are just such diehard fans. They'll quote me from episodes and episodes ago and you could just tell the people that are are really loyal followers and have continued to just listen to every episode dial in. And what excited me about the whole thing was being able to create something for that fan. Still being able to give to to everybody, which is something I want to do. But making an exclusive platform for those fans and kind of a community there, um, and that excites me. I know damn well. And again, for that site on Patreon, it is a there's a $5 tier and a $9 tier per, per month. I get that we're not thrilled about having to pay totally get that. And that's why in some regards, I was hesitant. With that being said, I have full confidence and I know that I can deliver and make it well worth and beyond worth the dollar that you pay to come get that content. So I'm okay with that. And I'm excited about that. We're going to be hosting happy hours on this, which is going to be incredible. And I'm going to get a chance to engage with the fans more on this platform. So I'm looking forward to that folks. You can go to patreon.com slash the brilliantly dumb show as well. It's in the link in my bio on Instagram. 
come join the community. Come join the movement. Folks, I will not disappoint. We're going to get an extra golf, golf vlog that week. You're going to get the happy hour, which we're going to have a ball with. The first 300 subscribers of the show will get a koozie, the Brilliantly Dumb Show koozie that we're going to send out to you to gear up for these live stream happy hours that I think are going to be incredible. And then the additional podcast per week. Folks, we have no Jersey Jerry today. He's got the Laker pick going on tonight. Right now it is Wednesday night. We're recording the podcast a little bit early. We're actually headed out to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Believe it or not, with the boys, there's this barbecue pit master that I've spoken about, Jack Arnold, who hosts these events at the Four Seasons. We're getting some golfing in with the boys. There's going to be a lot of vlogs coming your way, and we actually ship out tomorrow. So we're doing things a little bit differently. There will be no Jersey Jerry today. We're waiting for his Lakers pick tonight. He's got the over 214 points. He's 4-3 and three right now, scratching and clawing for his own segment on the Braille and Dumb Show. We'll keep an eye out on that. Anywho, we head on over now to Barstool Lurch. This guy's absolutely phenomenal. Big time golfer. Loves a good time. Let's bring him in. This is Barstool Lurch from the 4Play Pod. There he is. There he is. Look at the big fellow right there. Look at the big fellow right there. Couple claps. Couple claps. I got to tell you, man. How you doing? From a time-wise, you were very flexible with that, Lurch. I appreciate that about you, brother. Hey, not a problem. For you, anything, my man. How you goes know, it? You know what's funny? What I was just telling the people before you hopped on here, we kind of look at each other's Instagram, and, and we kind of agree that we both got to get a golf round in together, no? 100% agree. I mean, um, it's ridiculous. I, I agree, man. The voice I love, your your social media presence is on point and your buddy Cavs or whatever the hell his name is. I love that kid to death. We talking uh, Joey cold cuts. Yes. We're talking. Joey <laughs> cold cuts. It'd be a hundred percent a miss if I didn't get to play around round of golf with you two at some point, because it's I think gotta, both it, it's got to go down. No, it will. I have no, I mean, once this, once our world changes, we'll, we'll right. play around round of golf together for sure. And you know what, too, I, what, what, I, what really hits with me, too, it's just, it, for me, it's just the banter. I think the banter you guys have when you go out there, it's spectacular. And it just happens to be on these nice courses. It does. It does. Um, yeah, I mean, are we live right now? Are we going? Oh, we're, we're going, baby. Hey, hey, from the, from the moment you come on, we're rocking and rolling, brother. I love that. You have a more official setup than uh, anybody on our side does. Nice mic. Do you, you like got, this? You know, a little plug of the brilliantly dumb right there. I, yeah. I think everything you're doing is great. Let me ask you um, something. Does it pop? Does this pop? Yeah. Does the blue pop, or is it a little too much of a pop? No, I think it pops. I think what you've got there is you've got like what you have is hey, I've got a, pr a pretty official studio here. Is that like a soundboard you got there? No, nah, not sound. We don't go that far with it. Uh, look, <laughs> look. I wish we could, Lurch, but we could only get so far. You know what I mean? Well, you know, who knows? Who knows where it goes? But uh, I say it looks good. You know, the white, got a nice white hat, the sign. It all comes together quite well. Um, you know what I like about you, too? I know you would tell me, too. If you didn't like it, I think you would take a shot at me, no? What I've got is kind of a software sales set up alongside, you know, the podcast studio that I do. See, that's what's amazing, too, by the way. I don't know how you pull that off. You're doing all these golf rounds. Do the people at work know 
that you're working for Barstool. How do you play that? Um, yeah, it's been tricky. So that's where the name Lurch came from. And that's like, it actually helped me separate church and state a little bit. So <laughs> there was, uh, I used to play men's league hockey up in Boston. That's how I met Riggs. And there was another guy on the team, this kid, Diego, total beauty, love, just pure comedy. Most talented hockey player I've probably ever played with. Just rather Northeast guys, no? Like huh? Riggs, Northeast guys, no? This guy's Canadian fellow. So Riggs Canadian is a fellow. St. Louis guy. This guy's from Montreal. Um, but anyways, there was two hockey goalies on the team. There was me and then another kid. The other kid kind of refused to play out whatever. And I would play out in goalie skates and lacrosse helmet the first time. And then he started calling me Lurch because I was just kind of bouncing around up there. Yeah, you're, you're a big fella. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I think I'm pretty nimble for a big fella, but in goalie skates, I'm not nimble at all. So then I took on the name Lurch, didn't really think anything of it. But when, you know, sometimes having too many beers, you'd be kind of like a little loose and lurchy. Um, and uh, then coming back to the podcast, they're like, we'll just call you Lurch. I was like, that's perfect. Because Lurch would be like my barstool name, not the most flattering of names by any means. <laughs> and then I'll have my real name, Ben Severance. And so then I'll just keep them separate that way. Now it's gotten so big that the lines have blended quite a bit. So work knows that this exists and they're okay with it. I just, you know, try to choose what I say and make sure that it's not totally outrageous or totally like not well thought through with no like real opinion behind it. Um, so I'm, I'm careful of what I say, but also, um, you know, pretty loose. And then from a flexibility standpoint, yeah, I can't thank them enough for what they've given me. I'm like in a sales role though. So it's really, if you don't produce, then you're just not going to be hired anyways. Um, yeah, you so got to think, you got to think your coworkers though, they got to be watching this content. I mean, it's everywhere. It's hard. Even if you don't want to watch it, you're going to eventually end up watching it with how big it is. No. Yeah. There's definitely something to that. So it's in people's face regardless. I mean, <laughs> you got no right. choice. You're going to see Lurch. No, yeah, the Lurch is just going to be part of it. And then, the, you know, the video we did with Kisner, I can't like even comprehend. I mean, it's got over like a million views. So you're just thinking that's, that's too many people. That's like a country of people that have seen this video now. Well, you know, so, plus two, when, when you go to take your swings and you're out on the course, you got to think too, like me, knowing how many people are going to see these swings on that first tee box, I'm startled. I'm a deer in headlights. Are you nervous going to a tee box knowing you got all these cameramen behind you? It's going to go on barstool. Everybody's going to see it. I'm shaking. There's no way Trent wasn't shitting bricks either. So, yeah, I think Trent shits bricks each time, but I think everybody <laughs> because now you just like, you know, it is what it is. Your swing is what it is. Like, people have seen it enough, and I'm okay because I think I'm going to have good swings and I'm going to have horrible swings. So I just kind of say, F it, let's just go take it back and see where the ball goes um, because enough people have seen my swing already. So like now first tee boxes probably scare me less. You know, yeah, but I, at, at the same time, Lurch, with that being said though, you're a pretty, you know, you don't got to be modest. Aren't you a pretty good golfer? Uh, I mean, I, so I didn't grow up golfing, but I've got my game to a pretty good place. So to where right you're, now, confident, the lowest... you're confident that what you're, you're confident that you could break 90 every single time you go out just about. Yeah, I think, yeah, some, some 90 I'm pretty comfortable with. So, yeah, I mean, my, my handicap is, is the lowest than I, like, I don't know, I hate to brag about myself, but Let it's it now down to Let a, it rip. It's down to a four and a half. Um, so I'm a 4.5 index. Oh, see, but doesn't it get to the point 
Like, doesn't it get to the point where if you're too good or if you have too low of a handicap where it's not as fun? Because then you expect to be so locked in every time. Mm -hmm. My question, if you're shooting 80-something, are you still having a good time or is that affecting your time? No, it's a great time. I don't care about it. Good for you. Good for you. And that's why we would play together. (laughs) Yes. So, actually, one guy gave me the the biggest compliment I ever got the other day, like, about that same vein. He was like – so I was playing with Captain Cons, who's another barstool guy, yep. and then one of his buddies. And Cons was telling his buddy that I was like pretty good or whatever. And but his buddy was like, "Dude, I suck. I don't want to play with this." And Cons said to him, "He's like, no, he won't give a shit if you suck. He sucks at all. He's just no. out there to have a couple of beers and laughs." So we did that. We played around together, and then like three weeks later, we we're just sitting on the beach having a beer. And he said that to me, and it was like the best compliment that I ever could have got. And uh, I don't, I don't blame you for taking that out. It. it re- it says everything about you on the golf course. If your buddies, you learn so much about some people on the golf course. As far as you're going to see, I like a guy with me that's going to cheer me on. If I hit a good shot, I, I, I want you to tell me that I hit a good shot. You know what I mean? That's the banter that I get with you guys. and Because it keeps you going. Totally. I totally agree with that. I and mean, you need that. Even mm-hmm. in a match, like I won't be technically rooting for you pre-shot, but if you hit a good one, I'll let you know that it was like that's a great shot. Whatever you for did right sure. there with the ball and club, like congrats to you. That's fantastic. Um, and I think you need that, dude. You don't want some selfish like prick out there that's not, you know, just in his world, but he's not part of the group by any means. And I will say, yeah, we're lucky now. We get to play the most outrageous golf courses in the world. Um, it's like spoilage to a max. But it's all about the people. It's all about the walk. It's all about kind of just enjoying the day. You can play some podunk course with a bunch of just hooligans and great guys, and you're going to have a much better time than if you play, you know, Oakmont or something like that, and you just play with some, some A-holes. And not to, you know, throw Oakmont under the bus, because I actually played there and played with some great dudes. Well, but, uh, even but yeah. better, you just played Wingfoot. We did. Yeah. That just, did that just tear you up? Did, um, I mean – it's a shit show out there. <laughs> it is. Have you ever been? It's a shit show. It is a shit show. Have you ever, have you ever played? No. I haven't even got close to playing that. I, and you know what? I, I'm at now, I'm at the point now where I'll go, I'm a steady low 90s. That's good. And I would love to be at the point, like Joey Cold Cuts, he can swing it. But the problem with Cold Cuts is he's like, a, I would say he's like an eight handicap. The problem with cold cuts, if, if he's anything above that, which usually you're going to be above that for the day, yeah. he implodes. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just totally implodes. So I don't ever want to get to the point where I'm too good. If I could get to the point where I'm mid-80s, mm-hmm. then I could really appreciate these courses. Yeah, I think I, – I don't know. Maybe I'm stuck in that level because I didn't grow up golfing. I picked up golf after college. And so I don't have, like, a trustworthy swing. So when I go out – Sometimes I play really well and I'm in like the low to mid seventies. And then other times I'll shoot like an 88 and really have no chance to fix it. Cause I don't understand anything about the golf. <laughs> so, and I'm like, I'm hoping the good side shows up, but if the bad side shows up, like it's just, it is what it is. And then so be it. And I'll shoot an 86 or whatever the case is. Um, but that's interesting about cold cuts. Cause he's a guy that fascinates me now in your stories and everything like that. You see cold cuts from time to time. <laughs> you know, lazily excited about stuff. Like he doesn't have the most like energetic face I've ever seen in the world, but then he's got this smirk that hits his face when he smirks. 
it is the most exciting thing because I want to know what the synapses are doing in his brain. I want to know what he's thinking about. He's just He's a very intriguing figure, that Cole Cousins. You know what, to with Cole Cousins, too, I just like it, but it, it's easy to get behind a big guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's a big fella, and it's just easy to get behind a guy like that. Yeah, it is. It is. He's got, uh, he's got a big lower half. Um, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does. He's Billy stocky, too. On The lower half is stocky. Usually you say stocky, you talk about the upper half. Yeah, he's no. He's got a stocky lower half. Yeah, he's loaded from the belt down. And then what uh, – yeah, how did you meet Cold Cuts? So it's a funny story, actually. He, um, he was working at the same hotel. We were both working at the Four Seasons Hotel. Nice. Now, he's, he's a manager at the restaurant there, and I was the front desk agent. Okay. So you, when you do the front desk agent, you have to be an overnight front desk agent. Well, you know, you kind of pay your dues. So Cold Cuts comes over because our manager was complaining about the volume in the restaurant. And cold cuts comes barreling over to the front desk to speak to my manager complaining. Because <laughs> he doesn't think that the music is too loud. He thinks everybody's having a good time. So he says to me, he's like, do you think the music is too loud? I said, no, you know, I actually think it's pretty nice. <laughs> is, is that not spectacular? Yeah, that's tremendous. That is tremendous. Yes. That's where he gets his outfits, being a restaurant manager. The, the shit he puts on is... It's outrageous, man. He looks like a pit boss, too, like with his suits when he shows up to, you know, for work, like that type of cold cuts. He's got like yeah. that pit boss mentality to him, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is an interesting fella. I mean, he's a guy that I would love to play around the golf with the two of you. I think it would be just a good old time. I'm telling you, even just from watching the Instagram, obviously I follow 4Play Pod as well. <laughs> By the way, man... The, the guests that you guys are rolling in with. Yeah. Who's the best one? Who, who's the best guest you think you've had? Because sometimes I want to have golfers and I want to try for them. Like, I would love to have, like, a Tony Finau. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you got to pick your spots because Tony Finau may not bring much to the table in the sense of, you know, he's kind of like a – he's a quiet, just, like, well-spoken guy. <laughs> yeah. And you never really know of who's no. going to bring it. And then also – it can be daily too, you know, like a guy you might have great rapport with on Tuesday, whatever's going on Wednesday, just not his day. He's thinking about other things and that just is the case. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite. We certainly get the guest list we get is just it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, That's I think ridiculous. it goes to the Barstool brand and the whole company and where it's going. It's yep. just bananas how big it is and the following and how captivated people are by certainly Dave and then um, the other people here at Barstool. Um, so I think that's like amazing. So the guest list we get is just, and like what's out of this world, it is, it's ridiculous. And then you're seeing like what potentially might trickle in over the next, uh, you know, couple weeks, months, etc. And you're just like, this is, this is crazy. Um, so it's, it's been really neat that way. I don't know if I have a favorite. I love just hearing perspective from each of the guys though, about like one thing or another that they have. Um, and then, yeah, I don't think you totally have to speak with golfers. And that's like a change we've been thinking through as a podcast. Like golfers are great, but we're certainly not a golf podcast that's going to break anyone's swing down. We're almost like a cheap, like enews.com or something. You know, yeah. just, just like, but you know, you know what, too, at the same time, too, you guys can adapt to the point where it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't all have to be golfers. And some of the best episodes, I feel like, come from guys that, that are, like, you know, a guy that you guys had on that I got a kick out of too. How good was Shooter yeah. Gavin? 
Oh, he's tremendous. Was he not just phenomenal? (laughs) He was absolutely nothing was off limits too. Like I learned a couple minutes in that this guy's going to let it fly. Yeah, I thought I thought he was going to be more. I don't know. Guarded's not the right term, but I don't know. Not wanting to talk about Matthew Gilmore. Yeah, yeah, something. There's a term there that I'm not going to come up with, and uh, I thought he was going to be that term that I can't think of right now. But I thought he was going to be that, and then. He was just amazing. He was totally off the chest. Like there was no like agenda that seemed from him. He was just like free flowing, would talk about whatever and would kind of honor the Shooter McGavin name, which was uh, something that I didn't see happening. But yeah, I mean, he gave us, I mean, laughs forever. It was on the other night. I turned it on and I had to watch. I mean, there's no way. I was you have no, you have no choice but to watch. If, if you, if you scroll by yeah. it at this point, you know, and if you didn't like Shooter McGavin before, you have to now. Folks, we interrupt this message to let you know that the Brandon Dump Show is brought to you by Raycon Earbuds. Grace, sometimes I need to just dial it in, be in my zone, forget everything else that's going on around me. What do I do so? Slip a couple Raycon earbuds into your ears and you'll be in your zone. It's a big game, Bob. Guaranteed. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a noise-isolating fit. That's what I'm talking about, Grace Ibrahim. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon, R-A. Y-C-O-N dot com slash dumb. Yeah, dumb. That's buyraycon.com slash dumb for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash dumb. Let's keep this show moving on. It's yeah. unbelievable. It really he even yeah. came on. He came on the show. And I, I didn't even ask him. Like I just did the clap like I did for you when we brought him in. And he just came right out with the shooters. He just started rolling. He just started rolling. Came in the gates, just rolling the shooters. Just ran. It's like he was really enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, which is which speaks to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he is one of the best guys. I've seen you hang out with a bunch of uh, – you just had Kevin Dillon on too, didn't you? You mix it up with him from time to time? You guys had them on too. He, he's unbelievable on a golf course. I've heard – he said he was really good. He is. Well, that's the funny thing about him, too. Like, I'll, I'll talk down my game, you know what I mean, so that you don't expect much, and then you come out and yeah. maybe I'll surprise you. He'll tell you he's good. Yeah. And he's just – he's a character on the course, and he is. He's got an incredible – his short game is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's just – it's unreal. One shot in Entourage that he said he was like, yeah, they said like shank it or something like that, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. And he was like, no, I'm actually like, you know, a stick. I'm like, I don't know, he might be a two or a three. Like, yeah. he's phenomenal. He's really – and we got him on the course with uh, Connolly, who played E. You got to be an entourage guy. And, I mean, yeah. just to see the, the dynamic of them and see how much light they are in the show, it was yeah. it was out of this world. That's really, great. Hey, tell me something. So tell me about your golf game. Is it, uh, is it starting to peak? Is it going in the right direction? It, it is. It is. You know what I finally did and caved in on? And I always said that I was going to do it, and I'm happy that I did, is I, I did the lessons. I did the lessons. Because, you know, and you kind of alluded to it earlier. Yeah. You can go out there, but, but if you're chunking it up, you could go to the driving range all the time. If you don't know, if you don't know what you're doing wrong, 
you're doomed. You know what I mean? Like I got to be able to make a miss and kind of have an idea of what I'm doing wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, so I never took a golf lesson. Um, except oh, fuck you seriously. So I took one and it was like, it was probably like, it was before I ever started playing rounds of golf. So this was maybe in high school or college or something like that. I would play one or two rounds a year with my dad. Um, and maybe I would say more like one. And basically he told me like one tip, just to have like a straight left arm. So if you're a righty, you would have a straight left arm, pull it back and just swing the thing through. Yep. Um, and so that was the only thought I had in my brain for as long as I've golfed. And now that I've gotten good and, or better or whatever, I'm like, and I'm into golf more, I'm seeing other things. And it's actually mentally like- It me still up. sticks with you till this day? Well, that's my still my one thing that I go after is a straight left arm. But the one thing now that, or the things that really screw me up now is that I know there's so much to the golf swing. Like the other day, somebody told me like, I need a stronger left hand in my grip. And so I started squeezing the club harder. It was like, no, you like turn it. And so then you start hearing all these things oh, about the golf swing. And then, so when you miss one, you're like, dude, this could be now one of any thousand factors. I wish I just had a straight left arm because that's all I thought I could fix. And that's the thing too, is when somebody gives in the people are always like, you know, the guys that play a lot, they're always kind of hesitant to throw a tip in there. Cause you know, if you throw a tip in there, you could really set that person up for a disaster. <laughs> totally. I'm you not know? a tip guy. Don't give me a tip. Yeah. yeah you're not at all. No, no. I'm going to say mm, that's a tough one. And you know where I get them sometimes if you're playing really bad, you're in like a two V two best ball match with your buddy yeah. and you just haven't helped out on like the first. Six oh, balls. it's the worst. I've been there so <laughs> many times. It's the, yeah, go ahead. No, it's you're not helping. helping. You've obviously been there too. And so you're walking up like to say the sixth or seventh fairway and you're just making double after oh, double yeah. after double. And your partner looks at you and is like, you know, he gives you that tip. He's like, you know, I don't want to say too much, but like I'm really <laughs> That's how they always started to and you're like, dude, <laughs> yeah. you because you can't you can't be like, no, you just kind of like slouch and die a little inside. <laughs> and then you look back and you're like, I really like I'm I'm there for you, man. I'm trying to make this work. You know, I'm gonna make some parts for you. You can give that like BS claim that like you're gonna now all of a sudden have control over if you make a par or not. And but you're like, dude, I'm gonna make a couple pars for you. But it best. is the most helpful in the world. That's the only time that I'll be okay with a tip. I mean, yeah, it's it's I, sometimes caddies give me tips and I'm like, oh. dude, not this early. You know, I don't really <laughs> You know, maybe on like the 18th, like, or something like that. Or if I ask for it, this <laughs> is like, like a, like a digestion of like a golf digest. And it's like spewing all this, like 10,000 words at you, even though if it's like one comment, that one comment can send a bad golfer. It can just unravel. Totally unravel them. And it could even carry on to their next rounds too, where I've had it happen to me as well, where it carries on. Yeah, it doesn't leave. It's not leaving. It nah. tells you that like you're like your hands are in a wrong spot or you're like not turning enough. And you're like, dude, I don't I wasn't even thinking about that. That wasn't even part of my game. And, and now, now I am totally yes. And now it's all I think about. 
do you do it's you think like when you go out with these caddies and you're on these real nice courses like this is the problem i have with the caddy the issue i have is i almost feel like they're just there judging your game you know and even if they're not showing it it's like you you do to some regard you want to impress your caddy well, yeah, you just don't want to be pathetic. I think that's like where I always like just like, I'm pathetic today that like I can't hit a golf ball that I can't just don't be at that level. I will say something that always kind of calms me down is like when you're doing like the early banter and you're like, yeah, do you play? And they're like, they're like, no, I'm like, unreal. We're good. That's exactly what we want to hear. Evens me out. But then we're like, yeah, like I'm trying out, like I'm almost on like, you know, the corn fairy tour, but I'm like, <laughs> you're like, dude, I don't like, I'll just carry the bag. Now. By the way, I think almost every caddy's, I think almost every caddy's had a shot at the corn fairy tour at some point. <laughs> you know what I mean? It feels like there's a big percentage of them out there that, that are close, but I will say I, the, yeah, it relaxes me when they're just like, no, I don't play golf. I just caddy and I'm like, unreal. Let's go. Let's are go. You, are you ever um, a guy? Do you ever, when the caddy's on the green, do you ever see this? I can never fathom me doing. Do you ever question their reads? And if you are, do you let them know that you're questioning it? So, so no, because I don't putt well or anything like that. I will give like an are you sure? The other thing that I've gotten really <laughs> yeah, yeah, about yeah, is like, are you sure? The, are you sure? Like, I don't yeah, know, of course. Oh, okay. like, something totally different. Um, but, but then sometimes I will say, and I don't know, maybe this is the wrong thing, but I'll, because, you know, you're paying the caddy or whatever. I'm just like, don't give me a tip unless, like, I ask for it, like, on the fairway or something like that with the range. Like, don't give me – the one thing I hate is certainly – like driving or an iron play is just tell me the number, like whatever the number is, just tell me that. And then if I ask for a tip, just tell me that. And I, that came off like I'm a dick. I feel like I'm, I've got pretty good, usually banter or rapport with caddies, but like, that's what I ask for. And then on the greens, I say pretty much tell me everything, like anything you see, just tell me because I've got less of a clue of what's going on out there. What's your, what do you think the standard caddy tip is? Cause you, you can't do 20. You can't. You just can't do twenty. These guys are working hard. I, I I think it's like a. I always wonder, and throughout the round, I'm wondering, you know, what should I be tipping this guy? And I'm thinking that on like hole three, what's a proper caddy tip, Lurch? So I don't even know. I think I think like a hundred dollar standard bag is like what they go for, and standard. then when you, when you go to these fancy clubs, like sometimes it gets more than that. Um, and whatever that is, just tell me what that number is, and I'll just give them the caddy, like whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know what that is, though. Um, but it's definitely gotten more, because when I would play, like, in high school or college, I don't play, like, one round a year or something like that. And uh, we would play, and it was, like, I think it was, like, 65 or 80 bucks at the local course around me. But now it's, like, anything under 100 is, like, you can't come out here. And then yeah. it gets up to like 120, 140 at some places. And you're like, this is getting, I should become a caddy. I, I agree with you in the sense of it's kind of, I feel like $100 is the standard. Yeah. So, you know, look, you're not going to blow the guy away if you give him 100 But at the same time, you're good. You're not going to get questioned. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I will say, I, if I shank balls all over the golf course, if it's like a total mess, then I up it a little bit. I got news for you. 
he's doing a little bit more work. That's a great point. That yeah. really is. Because come to think of it, maybe the $100 is a little short from, what, from the times that I've had caddies to where they find these balls too. You'd be amazed that they find oh, they're them. incredible. They're incredible. When we played the Kisner match, that guy, our caddy down there, was the best thing I've ever seen. Four guys, he would force them. He four caddied for us. We'd hit all four balls. By the time we walked to the best ball that we were going to play, he had picked up all three other balls and given us a distance and given us, like, it plays up, plays down, little win. Like, he knew everything. Dude, he would, as soon as we hit, boom, 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 scurry right off and get all three balls. Even if we shanked him, dude, he'd find them. They'd be cleaned off and right in, your, right in the palm of his hand. It was, it was amazing. Do they ever, for you, when there's a lot of terrain, when I've noticed that I've had a caddy, and it startled me the first time that I had a caddy, was I'm getting ready to go to the – I'm on the tee box on one. Mm -hmm. He comes up, and I think he's going to chop it up with me. He says hello and then bolts it to the fairway. But I haven't, I haven't shot my shot yet. You know what I'm thinking? I didn't know that what they're supposed to do is get out there so they have a better read on these things. Yeah. Yeah, it's always tricky, though, because when they do that, it puts more pressure on you. Totally. Like, I, I totally agree. I can pull it way left, and you're already 200 yards out. Because the worst thing you want to do, I start to feel bad when they and I have to walk back. The yeah. walk back <laughs> one of the worst walks in golf. Where you top it 30 yards, everybody starts walking off, and maybe your caddy didn't even see the ball. So he's like, oh, maybe I just lost that one. But then you've got to give them the, the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The driver out of the rough to save him the 200 yards and the embarrassment but no you got to give him uh because your buddy's like this is match i'm not giving you a <laughs> so you gotta give him the way <laughs> you know it's amazing like we have a big golf following and we never get to have these type of talks because it, it's just it's so true it really is yeah, you can't – you don't want to do – it's nice, though. It's always nice talking a little golf, talking a little nonsense. Well, the other thing, too, that I have, and, and maybe maybe I shouldn't, but I do, I, I feel the need to get ca the caddy involved on conversation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're there with your foursome, but to some regard, you still got to make sure they're having a good time. Totally. You want, I mean, the caddy can make it the round 30 times better. Yes. Like, especially elite courses and things like that, a caddy can be not like the saving grace, but the catalyst from like a great round to an amazing round. There's caddy, like I've had, I mean, I like text some of the caddies that I had, like we just go back and have numbers, like share numbers because we had so much fun on the golf course. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, I think caddies are a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, and it's great when I'm like, when you have the good banter and you're having fun with them, you know, potentially buy them a drink or two. And like everything's good, and you're just out there for a little walk on a sunny day, hitting a ball every four minutes. It's like this is exceptional. There's nothing better, and especially no. to a caddy that kind of, I feel like they do a good job of reading pretty quickly how things are going to go as far as whether this is going to be match play, like a serious round, or whether you know you're going to be buying them a couple transfusions on the turn, and they they kind of adapt to it. What was the spot that you had? You guys played a golf round. I thought it was some of the most enjoyable content you guys put out. What was the name of the course where you guys would finish up your round and then there's like a shed? It's like a caddy shed. Oh, this was Aaron Hills. Arcade games, building. Yeah. What was that? So that was that was Aaron Hills, and that is just one of the most amazing golf courses, golf experiences of all time. Then you've got guys there, the caddies there, um, 
you got handsome Tim, you got tempo Tim, you got just some real beauties there. Um, and uh, you got hanky panky, you got just good guys that caddy, and then you can also hang out with. And I like, I love playing ping pong. We had a ping pong at my house growing up, so I got a little bit of game. Yep, yep. So I was challenging all the caddies and beating all the caddies down there after the round. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, we were talking a bunch of smack on the course, but those caddies there are, I mean, second to none. They're phenomenal. Even out of the trips that you guys done, and you guys always vlog the trips and all, you could even tell that you guys were having the most fun there. I mean, you could just tell you were having a good time. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was also like when you talk about like who you go with, that was a mix of some of my like college buddies, high school buddies, and then buddies from Boston. So everybody we had in the mix was just exceptional. Was and then they do such a special job there where if you like go and pay for, you know, one of these like spots on the course, when you get to the range in the morning, like, so you walk over this hill. But you got to get there early, right? Oh, you do. It's just because you got to enjoy the amenities. Everything yeah. that they <laughs> so, Man, do you speak the truth. It's so true. <laughs> it's, you got to. I mean, you're there. Why, you're going to sleep for another 15 minutes? Get up. I don't care if you're hungover. Just go and just look at it. Enjoy a hot coffee and don't swing your club. I'm fine with that. But you just got to do it. So you get, you get there and you walk down. And then you're like kind of like in the parking lot or looking at the parking lot left and you walk up this hill that's only like eight feet, but it protects the driving range and be like allows it to be very private. You walk over this ridge and then they've got the little bag set up stand for you there oh. with your name on it. And then your caddy's standing there. And oh, that is phenomenal. <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's so exceptional what they do there. And then you hit a couple balls. I was having a breakfast sandwich talking with my caddy, we're all having kind of like, you know, the pre-match jitters, talking up a little like, you know, nonsense to your now, buddy. Now, is the caddy there with you on, so is the caddy there with you on, on the, the driving range? On the driving range. So then- Oh, that is spectacular. It, I will say that, and I'm now I'm just thinking about this for the first time, makes the caddy play rapport even easier because totally. they see what you're dealing with and you get these free swings. Where you're hitting the ball, nothing matters, but maybe they, you know, you hit 10 balls, they see one good one. They were like, all right, we can work on that. Bad's yeah. <laughs> there too. So they'll, they'll talk to you a little bit, you know, and it makes it for a much better relationship. And you get it to where that all now, all that small talk that you were going to have to have for the first couple holes, that's out of the way. Get rid of it. Stop. Dude, it, it's a beautiful thing. I got to tell you what, Lush, we got to bring you on more often. I mean, I just, we, we've never, you would think with all the golf, golf content we put on, we never have these type of talks, and I just love talking golf. Let me tell you something. Anytime you want to come on, baby, you say the word, all right? I would love to do it anytime you want to. This has been uh, a ton of fun, and let's get around together, hopefully. God, I hope it's sooner rather than later. Who knows in the world we live in these days? But um, I would love it. So we'll find a fourth with somebody from the four-play pond. We'll do a little 2v2 matchup, or maybe we'll find – and ate some. You get another two guys, and we'll do. We, all we could even do our international carpool going against the foreplay pod boys. I think we would have an absolute ball out there. Just keep the cameras rolling at all times, brother. <laughs> Fantastic, dude. This has been great. Well, enjoy yourself. Um, thanks for bringing me on, and I would love to do it again anytime. Talk dude, you're spectacular, folks. Go check it out. The foreplay pod. These boys are phenomenal. Lurch, you got an open invitation over here, baby. Thanks, buddy. Enjoy. Take care, brother. Well, folks, we got a little change of plans here. I know I told you that you weren't getting Jersey Jerry again. Change of plans. Shift gears real quick. We finish up with Barstool Lurch.
I get a call from Jerry. He said, Bob, are we recording this? We're recording today, Jerry. There's no games you could take. You may not have a segment. We don't know if the Lakers are winning or not. He said, well, did you record the Ask Bob segment yet? I said, no, I haven't. He said, well, I'll do the Ask Bob segment. Sure thing, Jer. Sure thing. Bring him on for the Ask Bob segment. Look, I told you, folks, the lead up to that 100th episode to see if he's got the segment or not, he gets to be in every episode. If he wants to do the Ask Bob segment, we're going to let Jerry do the Ask Bob segment. So screw it. Here he comes, folks. You're going to get Gerard Gilfone for the Ask Bob segment to close episode 98 here. Gerard Gilfone, are you with us? Gerard Gilfone, are you with us? What's up, Bob? Jerry Dunn. Are you, what are you drinking? You got iced tea there, Jerry? Yeah, I'm one of my favorite favorite drinks, Arizona green tea. Are you okay with taking on the task of the Ask Bob segment here today? Yeah, I could do that, Bobby. You got no issue with that, Jer, okay? Nothing. You I'm wanted to, to let go. that rip? Yeah, I let that rip. So, Bob, I just want to start off by uh, asking this first question here. Now, one of my buddies said this to me the other day. I didn't know what it, what it meant. I Googled it, and then I found out actually what it meant. And I, know, and I know you like to hit the bottle a little bit when you go out. Bobby, ha- have you ever had a thing called whiskey penis or whiskey dick? <laughs> yeah, my buddy, Jerry. My buddy said he had it. Oh, oh boy, am I going to regret this. Jerry, you really, uh, you really do your, your, your research. You took some time on these questions, huh, Jerry? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, whiskey dick. I think we've all gotten whiskey dick, no, Jared? Well, I've I've never had it because I don't drink. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I think everybody at some point in time has got whiskey dick, and, I mean, there's really not much you could do about it. The problem is with the whiskey dick is if you do get it, okay, mm-hmm. it, it, it's very strange after as far as it's, it, it's an awkward experience after. It's hard to carry on that night with the girl. Yeah, I got you. Whiskey dick, by the way, folks, for those of you who don't know, it's when you can't, you know, when you got a flaccid penis. Is that the good word to to put for it, Jerry? Yeah, that's fine. You know, I never got it from drinking, but when I was in an intimate relationship at one point, for some reason, when I was hitting it, I was thinking about jelly beans, and then my dick went soft. (laughs) You know, you know the issue with the two, Jerry. A lot of times, I think we as the guys, if we get it, we're so worried about ah shit. You know, I couldn't perform. But when you think about it, when you turn it the other way, Mm -hmm. the girl's the one who's embarrassed because she thinks that she couldn't get you hard. Exactly. Exactly. You're right about that. You know what I mean. So if it ever does happen to me, I try and think, you know what, she's suffering just as much as I am right now, and Mm -hmm. then try and carry on the night with whatever conversation you could brew up. Gotcha. Gotcha. Another, uh, another question I had, Bob would be, uh, Bobby, what, what's, you know, as you know, I'm an emotional type of guy here and, uh, a lot of stuff touches me, you know, what, what, what was the most you ever been like touched in the heart by a fan? Okay. Yeah. See, that's a look at you, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, by far, I don't know if you saw it or not. Did you see the video of, of um, there was a video, a, a kid's parents, a kid who had cancer. His okay. parents, his name is Eric Gill. His mm-hmm. parents had me the, deliver the news to him mm-hmm. that um, his cancer was in remission. 
So he oh. had been battling cancer for years. I was on the golf course and I got a DM from his buddy saying, mm-hmm. you know, they, his dad wants to call you and ask if you could do that. And that was, um, you know, it was hard to wrap my head around the fact that, that his parents wanted me to be the one to break that type of news. Cause you think what the parents have been through mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as much as Eric had been through, you know, you think about too, what his parents has gone through in that process as well. So um, yeah, th- that was tough. I even, I, I had a little bit of waterworks like you did with the sourdough bread on. I couldn't help it. No. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's something, that's something special, man. That that really is how, how, how you, Delivered that news to to Eric, man. That, yeah. That's something else. Hey, sometimes you got to let it, uh, you know, I, I really couldn't hold it. And when he got on there and I was, it was the most nervous I had ever been for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was, it was pretty wild, Gerard. Yeah. Wow. You know, Bob, the last, the last question I had here was, uh, you know, w- would you ever consider, now I'm just going to lay it on the table here. Would you ever consider buying a French bulldog for me? Because I am a certified breeder here. <laughs> I, you know what, Jerry? I, I tell you, you've been sending me videos of your dogs, and I will gotta say, in all honesty, these things are pretty trained up, no, Jerry? Yeah, you seen what I sent you today, man. I mean, these dogs, these dogs are like I said, they're they're advanced puppies here. I'm not just breeding regular dogs. But Jerry, you're a blue collar guy. You say it yourself. It's got to be a tough thing to do, to go out to work, work as much as you do, and come back home to six puppies. It is. You know, it's a lot of work. It, it really is. But, but when I look at these puppies and I say to myself, I produce these puppies. You know, this is my work right here. It's a good feeling. It really, really is. And, well, it's, something, you know what, and, and it's something to come home to. It's something you, to come home to. I'll give you this, Jer. I'll give you this. You keep doing what you're doing for the podcast. You hit this. You hit this bet. You hit this seven out of three mm-hmm. on your bets, and I got news for you. There's a slight chance I would buy a dog from Puppies by Jerry. There's a slight chance. You hit the segment. You keep doing what you're doing, and maybe we'll talk. Because I got to say again, the, the, I, I was very surprised to see how well you had these puppies trained, Jerry. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, Bobby, that, that, you know, that means a lot, you know, uh, and I, and I appreciate you appreciating the work that I put in here. Totally. You know? Jerry, you just keep this on rolling. I'm happy that we can get you on to do the ask Bob segment. I know, look, like I said to you earlier, I said, I got no problem with you coming on leading up to this hundred episode, build the hype. Jerry, if you could get six out of three, that the hype coming into that game of whatever game that would be, would be absolutely spectacular, worth the price of admission right there. Jerry, is it okay if I close down the show here? Yeah, sh- shut it down, Bobby. You know, I got, I got some more training to do over here. Folks, there he is. Jersey Jerry takes over for the Ask Bob segment. Questions submitted by Jersey Jerry and only Jersey Jerry himself. You all have a damn good weekend. We will see you next weekend. Next week, we got the Lakers game on tonight. Root for points. A lot of points. Thanks for listening, as always, to the Brilliant Lead Show. Take care now. Not today, Bubba. Go get him, Bubba. Love you. Not today, Bubba. Gordy, Gordy, can I bother you for a second?